1: Just put the Twitter poll up, Rowdy, at Zone
0: Madison. Here it is. From an Iron Man streak to an all-time passer rating to both being tied for most touchdown passes in Green Bay history and everything on and off the field in between. Because it's all on the table now. Which Packers quarterback do you like more? Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre? Now, this is a classic Wisconsin sports radio topic. I understand that. But they're both tied. 442 touchdown passes, the most in Packers history. Rodgers more than likely going to pass Brett Favre Saturday, Christmas, against the Cleveland Browns. But then you have off-the-field stuff. Yeah, I've been immunized. Aaron Rodgers this year. A lot of people really butthurt over it. I personally am not. Don't care. Brett Favre, you have the misappropriation of funds when it comes to uh, a charity this year, he's in the news as he and a, a Mississippi senator are, like, fighting with each other uh, on Twitter. Did you ever see that? No. Favre and some political dude going back and forth, how Favre owes a bunch of money, yada, yada, yada. So you have that. But then you have, you know, uh, on the field stuff, Aaron Rodgers, all-time passer rating, Brett Favre, Iron Man streak. You got, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers going for another MVP, going to surpass Aaron Rodgers, or Brett Favre, excuse me, if Rodgers does win MVP this year. And then speaking of MVP, Rowdy and I have talked about it. All the media members probably don't want to vote for him, the sports writers, because of them being, you know, misinterpreting his status, yada, yada, yada. So there's so many other things that go into play between these two quarterbacks. But I want to do a social experiment today, Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre, and really think about it, of which Packers quarterback you like more. Rowdy, we already have three tallies on the phone before I even put the poll up for Brett Favre. Do you think it's? Do you think obviously everything should stay on the field? But with the social experiment and how the climate is today, I want to bring in some off the field stuff as well. Does the off the field stuff affect how you like a quarterback, i.e., Farver Rogers, uh, for you though, Rowdy?
2: Yeah, I think a little bit. Yeah,
0: yeah. Sa- I mean, same.
2: But, but I then... think I think off the field can go into their personalities though.
0: Totally, and there's also a lot of good things they do off the field as well. So keep that in mind. Uh, when it comes to off-the-field stuff as well. But yeah, it's like, who would you rather have a beer with? Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers? I think we both would say Brett Favre, yes?
2: Yeah, I'd agree with you.
0: If I wanted to like talk about you know, crazy conspiracy theories and maybe have a couple of uh, fingers of tequila, then maybe I'd talk with Aaron Rodgers. If I wanted to have a beer and just talk about being a good old boy and maybe go hunting, I'd talk to Brett Favre. I'd, uh, I'd imagine you'd probably be more in a bar fight with Brett Favre than you would with Aaron Rodgers, right? I don't know unless someone wanted to talk smack about his uh, his man bun. I feel
2: like Aaron Rodgers doesn't go to many bars.
0: No, what's that one place in Stoughton that you really like? Fahrenheit or something?
2: No, I hardly. I'm 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 thinking like no that
0: bar in Stoughton that like you had to argue with the bartender to put the Brewers game on that one oh, time. Oh, I I'm thinking what what place is that?
2: I'm thinking that uh, Aaron Rodgers goes to like classier, like, like the, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, yeah, but I wouldn't consider that even close to what I'm thinking.
0: Well, I'm just, uh, in the Stoughton area to try to make it like, you know, for you, I think Rogers would be there as opposed to like, like BBGs or something.
2: Sure. sure. <laughs> no, but like, you know what I mean? Like he's like at a, like a, like an exclusive, classy, small, you know what I'm saying? I can't like think you can't, of what it, You
0: can't be wearing steel tilled boots in there. No, he definitely not. No backwards caps, no white T shirts. Got to be dressed to the nines. Well, Favre's just like, "Hey, come in your flannel, and you're like your dicky pants, and let's go." All right, got the phone lines blowing up. Line one, welcome to the show. Who's this?
1: Dan.
0: Hey, Dan, what's up, dude? <laughs> what's going
1: on? Just you hey, know, easing um,
0: into the week. Just
1: losing it up.
0: Yeah, easing oh,
1: in. you guys forgot about you forgot about one thing. What? Rogers is more cal- you Rogers is obviously more talented. But Farb sends pictures to Jen Sturger, which is amazing.
0: Listen, I'm sure she didn't care for that, but it is part of the story, right? (laughs) Right. When I say that he was wearing Crocs, that's kind of what I'm alluding to.
2: Oh, sorry, I missed that. No, that's
0: okay, that's Um, okay. It's it's like on the radio, you know, you can't really come out and say certain things. You just got to kind of allude to it.
1: Yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah. But do we really know that she did not like it? Well, I'm not going to go down that road, Dan. Again, things you can't say on the radio. <laughs> but when it comes to your
0: personal opinion, Favre or Rogers, who's the one you like more?
1: Oh, it's, it's, that's that's uh Rogers is more talented.
0: So you going Rodgers? Rogers. Rogers is more talented. Yep. All right, so I can I can put Italian Rogers for you.
1: You can put Italian Rogers for
0: me. You got it. Oh, you missed it, Remy. Then- Dan called in last week, and he's always wanted to say some smack talk to Grayson Allen was was courts he was, was courtside court uh, with uh, uh, you know the Pfizer form and the dude actually got the shout out at Grayson tell rowdy what you said to Grayson Allen Dan uh,
1: I, I told I think I said um, justice touched out of bounds or justice was out of bounds and and, he, then, and um, he agreed right he agreed yeah you, you heard that when I sent that video to you right yeah dude it was awesome. Did you hear that part go, I did yeah I think he said absolutely or something. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What a call. Dan you the man um, brother. I love you calling
1: other, One one other thing, uh I appreciate it. One other thing is that uh I'm gonna treat you like I do some of my uh people that I work with. Uh when they say they're gonna retire with your whole Idaho thing. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah, we're not gonna approve that. <laughs> you gotta stay here. <laughs> All
0: right. I didn't find any land or nothing, so you so we're good. All right. And dog. my wife told me Idaho Idaho. I'm like, yeah, good point. <laughs> right, right, right. See you, yeah, Dan. It's have, it's a good, have a good Christmas, brother. See you. See you, man. Uh, let's see. I'll toss this person on hold. Uh, line two, welcome to the show. Who's this? Morning, boys.
1: It's Corey. How you doing? My
0: man, Corey and Marshall. What's up, brother? I'm doing good.
1: Not much. Rowdy, how are you? Uh, I'm living yeah, the dream. Yeah, Rowdy, how are you doing? That beard's looking pretty strong. I think you got to keep that on to the Super Bowl run. That's my vote for that one. I
2: agree.
0: <laughs> sure. I don't think the Packers have lost since they started growing it out.
2: I'll have to go back and look.
1: Just get some beard oil. Start putting that in there, keep it nice and fresh, and you'll be good to go.
2: You got any of that? Or should I, Sir Santa bring you some? No, I, I do have some of that stuff okay. left over. There
1: you go. Perfect. Well, best or favorite quarterback going to be it's a pretty easy answer it's Rogers. Um, I have a little bit of a different perspective on this because think about all the ups and downs we went through the past season with Rodgers. Will he come back and have that play out five or six years in a row? in the early 2000s. Hell, that even really started in 99 when he broke his thumb in that god-awful year with Ray Rhodes, as coach, (laughs) and he started musing about retirement and stuff. So, you know, the other thing is, too, that kind of sticks in my craw, and I forgive him quasi, but, you know, on his way out, he kind of trashed the Packers a little bit. He forced his way out. He was a little bit of a diva. I'm talking about Favre obviously. He was like a
0: lover scorned. I get it. Like you found out someone's cheating on you and he's got you know, to, like, a bit know. of
1: a you know, say what you will about Rogers. He's a weird kind of guy. He's <laughs> not necessarily the same type of like social cultural person that a Wisconsinite would be. Like Favre's kind of a hillbilly, right? Yep. He's a hunter, he's a fisher. Yep. Like I get all that part. And that's awesome. That's like the person side, right? But like the professional side Rogers is a little bit different. Now he starts yelling at receivers and stuff, but the guy expects perfection. I respect that because he prepares that way when he's out there. So the other thing, too, is that Favre lost a lot of games to the Packers that Rogers has won with interceptions, boneheaded plays. He threw six picks against the Rams in 4 in the playoffs. So, like, <laughs> you know, we look back now, we're like, oh, it's nostalgic, and a lot of people like Favre because of – yeah, People think he was wrong, but reality, he was kind of signaling the Packers and may maybe gone or maybe back, maybe gone may maybe back. So, like, if you were looking at that from a running organization standpoint, I mean, Okay, uh, to, your point to on me that me one. it would have been done The not.
0: To your Brad point on that Rogers, one, though, no. Corey, uh, Aaron Rodgers, I'm sorry, Brett Favre very adamant wanted you know, Randy Moss to be a Packer, and Randy Moss also wanted to be that a Packer. Hurt. Like, hey, give me a receiver. I want a receiver. Obviously, it didn't happen. He goes, what, teams up with Tom Brady. They make history. Aaron Rodgers, kind of the same parallels, right? I need, let me have a say for the front office. What happens? He gets right. some say, and I'll look at the Packers.
1: And that was Ted Thompson, though. Yeah. I was talking to my father-in-law about that this week, and I said it, even with Marshawn Lynch. Remember that? Yeah, he said he, he told said Rogers, Rodgers, tell to Ted, to come Rogers. get me. Of course, you're like, yeah, come get me. Well, Teddy T, the Silver Fox R.I.P., you know, he had a couple great things, but... He was kind of a disaster in some areas, too. Well, that's just weird. I think on the whole, has vastly improved this team. Big time. Right? And we could say, you you brought up the point earlier in the six o'clock hour when he said, look at their record right now with all these guys that have been injured. Well, guess what? It's because they've been drafting offensive linemen, and Rodgers isn't getting killed all the time. Yeah. I think they learned their lesson big time last year when they played Tampa Bay that. You can't be going in to the playoffs with... I can't remember who was starting to have right tackle, but he was a you know, Wisconsin guy. But, like, Rodgers got killed. get five or six sacks. Now, he sometimes he still gets sacked every now and then, but you could tell there's a big difference in the line play this year versus last. And everybody raked him over the colds for, but drafting A.J. Dillon looks like a pretty smart move now. Oh, yeah, he's a best. You got the hammer and you got the lightning. So... Bringing it back to your original question, I vote for Rodgers, hands down.
0: You are um, in. You are in, Corey. I, I tallied your name. It's 3-2, to but leaning far right now. you the man, Corey.
1: Make
0: it easy. See you, buddy. Bye
2: now. Talk to you later. So I just looked it up. They're actually 4-1. They lost to Minnesota. Oh, in that when you time started growing span. the beard, up, beard yeah. out?
0: Damn. Well, was that, when, was that the first loss? or? When did you start growing the beard out and when did they lose to the Vikings? was that Well, in? the last
2: time I shaved was November 11th. And
0: when did they play the Vikings?
2: November 21st.
0: Oh, damn.
2: All, All right. Shoot.
0: Well, yeah, you can do whatever you want with that beard then, Roadie. I guess that's null and void, as you would have done, anyways. Uh, so we were talking about this yesterday. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, they sit at 442 uh, career pass uh, touchdowns, right? And I found the stat research department tapped me on the shoulder and said, Here you go. Aaron Rodgers matched Brett Favre's passing touchdown record in 45 fewer games on 1,730 fewer attempts, and with 193 fewer interceptions. Wow. 45 fewer games, over 1,700 fewer attempts. (laughs) I love this one. And 193 fewer interceptions.
2: Yeah, I saw a stat where it was like uh, Aaron Rodgers... Aaron Rodgers, with the the number of touchdown passes that he has, 442, there's only so many guys that uh, have ever done that. I think it was eight, if I remember correctly. can't remember the exact stat. But anyways, they showed the number of touchdowns versus interceptions, and it was like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, uh, Brett Favre, in that order for number of picks yeah. to throw that many TDs. And then it was Aaron Rodgers, who was like almost, it was like 60-some interceptions less than Tom Brady, who would be second on the list.
0: Which is just nutty
2: of how good Aaron Rodgers is. But you also have to remember, there were times in the past where Packer fans were very upset with Aaron Rodgers and his, uh, I guess, love for statistics and records. Yeah, totally. And throwing Mike McCarthy's final year. And throwing footballs away.
0: Yeah. Our guy J. A. Krebs says Rogers is clearly better, but Favre was our guy, and he was great. Rogers is Cali, Cali, for New. Well,
2: that's 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 kind of the thing. Like, if I have to pick between Rogers and Favre, and this you is look at it, this is
0: everything. This is your personal uh, everything
2: on the field. Aaron Rodgers is is clearly a better. I think clearly a better player. I think Aaron, uh, Brett Favre probably has him in arm strength, but in accuracy and just changing plays and knowing where guys are going to be. Aaron Rodgers beats Brett Favre in, in that way. Yeah, He doesn't turn the football over like Brett Favre does. He's a, better, he's a better thrower of the football overall when you go to accuracy and arm strength. We know that Aaron Rodgers obviously has really good arm strength when he throws the football almost 70 yards for a Hail Mary. Is it, it weird for me to Detroit. say though that Brett Favre was more fun to watch? Well that's what I'm saying. Brett Favre played with more of like the the kid, like a kid. kid, yeah. For the love of the game, Aaron Rodgers. You see some of the smirks and stuff that he's had over the years. You kind of get a little turned off by it. But just how Brett Favre played, it was exciting. Now off the field, obviously, I think a lot of people would say I'd rather have a beer with with Brett Favre. I'd rather hang out with Brett Favre because, I mean, there have been videos that have leaked. From the 90s, now that you know, come out 20 plus years later, of Brett Favre hanging out with people in clubs in Milwaukee or going out Dude, and people seeing him at bars in Green Bay.
0: I saw a hilarious video on YouTube, it's from the ni- middle 90s. You're Brett never Favre. gonna find
2: that with Aaron Rodgers.
0: No, Brett Favre was at like it's like an old grainy VHS tape that was converted, you know, to be digital and then put online. It's Brett Favre at a bar in the early mid early 90s singing two live crew pop that P while there's a booty shaking contest with you know thong bikinis the big poofy hair Favre's got a pound in a Miller light in there and they're just saying things that would get you definitely canceled by the woke
2: mob see Favre is the guy that you grew up
0: with it's not even nefarious stuff it's just like you know what I'm
2: saying? Favre is the guy that you grew up with that you feel like you have a relationship with because you can connect with them. Aaron Rodgers was the guy that grew up in the gated community down yeah, don't, yeah, down on the other side of town. Brett
0: Favre likes to have fun playing checkers, while Aaron Rodgers wants to kick your ass playing chess. That's kind of what it is, if that makes sense. All right, speaking of guys that uh, have definitely had their panties in a bunch this past season, over especially Aaron Rodgers... Grant Bill is going to see, gonna join us at 740. I would love to
2: see like peak Brett Favre where he wins three MVPs in a row doing it in a time like right now. Like with the yes. rules where he can't get hit and the pass interference and in defensive holding is what it is. I'd love to see Brett Favre playing now with those rules when he had the ability of the mid to late 90s. Yeah, same. Because he would, not
0: like, you breathe on Favre wrong, you'd be flagged. Like Aaron Rodgers and that pass interference,
2: or um, uh, the personal foul that he had Sunday. Where he got two hands shoved? Where he was, like, like slightly pushed. Instead of Warren Sapp, like, <laughs> trying to take te- cheap shots on yeah. you? Oh, look at our guy. Dougie. Here's
0: Stadium View, Green Bay. There's Brett Favre having himself a nice Miller light. <laughs> The clouds have parted. The ray of sunshine shines down upon me. Our glorious sports director, Zach Hopper. Good morning, Zach. Good morning, sir. How are we doing today? Fantastic. The sun is shining, so it's great. Yeah, because yeah, cause we got you on now. It's like, the you know, clouds parted. Here we are. So, Zach, you had just retweeted a Twitter poll uh, we had at Zone Madison, and I thank you for that. And it's kind of like, get to know your sports director uh, right away at 825 Ooh. in the morning. So from on and off the field, to all the records that each hold, but they all have a similar one, 442 career uh, touchdown passes. Zach, for you personally, Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre, everything on and off the field, what would you, uh, quarterback, do you lean? Brett Hundley. Statistically, not great. Brett Hundley.
3: <laughs> Brett is my guy. Or Deshaun Kaiser, I haven't decided yet. So I'm you like of, the guys that are I'm really kind of uh,
0: laying in the weeds of uh, mediocrity.
3: I like yes. I mean, why? <laughs> why are you pleading? The f-
0: are you pleading the fifth on this question, Zach?
3: Why? Why? Why go for greatness when you can have when you can be medi- mediocre? You know what's what's the point?
0: Well, they're not even good enough. You know.
3: Well, uh, why go for mediocre when they're not, when you can go for not even good enough?
0: Yeah, why just strive at anything at all? You know. All right, <laughs> we'll take it. Really? We'll take it. We'll take it then. Brett, you're in for Brett
2: Hundley and Deshaun Kaiser, Zach.
0: Yeah. Brett.
2: Sure he did he lead the uh, Arizona Cardinals to a win once.
3: He right. did. And it, he also beat the Bears. So
0: And Deshaun Kaiser made uh the Sean Kaiser Trump. made Khalil Mack look like a just even more dominant than he was when he A handed the ball off to him and then B, I think passed the ball to him the next time he was up.
3: I mean, without Brett Humley, no Aaron Rodgers comeback in twenty twenty. Yeah. So, or, right. uh, in twenty in twenty eighteen. Yeah. I mean.
0: All right, so you're in Zach.
3: You can't, I mean, if you're not down 20 nothing, you can't come back from
0: 20-0. nothing. right, so Zach essentially pleading the fifth, but going with Brett Hundley Deshaun Kaiser. You are in, Zach. I will I will put an outlier just for you. That's because how much I love you, okay?
3: Appreciate it.
0: All right, Zach, something that I don't love. Uh, that's what's happening, I guess, with the Wisconsin basketball team this week. Back in the AP Top 25, 24th in the nation, but they did not uh, have a team so far on Thursday. They're supposed to play Morgan State. Now, Morgan State can't travel because of COVID issues, Yes.
3: That is the word from Wisconsin, yeah,
1: unfortunately for them.
3: Back in the top 25, uh, very impressed with that Nichols State
0: win, apparently. <laughs> I guess the I think, comeback without Johnny Davis? I don't know.
3: Is, has there? I'll ask you this question. I, I was just kind of thinking about it. Has there been a player more important to Wisconsin in the last 20 years than Johnny Davis?
0: Well, they lost I, against I, the uh, Providence like a, Friars without him, and they almost lost like to freaking Nichols State.
3: Yes, like a single individual player. Like, they... like. Where would they be without him? Type of thing. They Indiana would be,
0: win. They didn't. They don't do it without him against Indiana. I think they're under five hundred at this point without him.
3: Rowdy, you.
2: Hey, don't uh, don't scoff at Nickel State. They were projected to win the Southern Conference.
3: I, I don't disagree. South. They are a, they are a talented team, but uh <laughs> Johnny Davis. I think. Jo- well,
0: okay. What about Jonathan Taylor for Wisconsin uh, football in the three year span? Uh. Yeah, I mean that obviously very very good player,
3: and uh, where would they be without him? Pro- Twenty eighteen probably would have been even worse than it was. Twenty nineteen may not have been as good as it was, but they always have like other running backs. Yeah, that's true. Taylor, I was he was different. Like I don't know.
0: What about Braylon Allen? No, it doesn't
3: work. No, I think I mean if I mean if Chez doesn't get hurt, maybe I mean I don't know. I I'm just talking. I'm just thinking. Like I mean, Frank Kaminsky obviously being player of the year. And uh going on and doing what he did and they lost without him at Rutgers.
0: So I guess you could Well they had think, other stars right? on that team though, you know. I mean right. you look at Wisconsin basketball and, right now, yeah. who's I mean, Brad Davison I guess is a constant to a degree, yeah. but he goes quiet offensively sometimes.
3: Right. They I I think Johnny Davis is as important to this team as as any badger has been in the last twenty years.
0: So with this, and before we talk a little Johnny Davis, do you think the Badgers can find or will find an opponent this week to play?
3: I do, simply because there are other teams that are dealing with this too.
4: Okay. Like
3: they're, I mean, they're, There's been a bunch of cancellations the last week or so. I imagine there will be more, and I think uh, they'll be able to find a team. I don't know how good that team is going to be, but they've done a really good job in a, of, of figuring things out and finding teams on short notice, and I think, uh, I think they will find a team.
0: I hope so because I really want to see him play. I gotta you'll get that sour taste of the Nickel State game out of my mouth. And Johnny Davis, I mean, he's he's if you know, is he just had like a non-COVID illness, right? Like that's the bug that was going around the team. Like he should be back if they do play. Yeah,
3: he yeah, I mean, he should be back, and hopefully, no one else got hit by that. But they, I mean, obviously, it's been finals this last week, so um, that's that's why they haven't been playing. And uh, yeah, hopefully, everyone's healthy. But yeah, it was a non-COVID illness that was going around.
0: So, looking at this team, Zach, um, and then Johnny Davis, obviously. Johnny Davis, I've been reading over the weekend that t- he's, like, top 10 in some NBA draft boards. Is this yeah. the is this the last year we're going to get a Johnny Davis, or we could see him coming back next year?
3: <laughs> Considering some of these draft boards, like, it's not just randos. I mean, it's some of the, the Athletic had him in the top 10. Sports Illustrated had him in the top five, like there are a lot of people that really really like jonathan davis and i I'd, I'd be very difficult for me to see him coming back if if uh the actual nba people see him the same way and uh we'll see I mean, we, the, the NFL, nba draft the nba itself is just all about potential like what's your ceiling and and Johnny has a really high ceiling because he's uh pretty athletic um he's shown the ability to hit some tough shots probably needs to improve his uh you know his dribble a little bit but he's he plays at both ends like he's a very very dogged defender too so I can see why they like him as much as they do. Um, if he can keep on playing the way he has these this first month and a half of the season or two months of the season, it be very difficult for, um, for, for him to come back and for him not to be a, a potential lottery pick.
2: Yeah, it's pretty crazy when you haven't even hit New Year's yet and he's already missed two games. The fact that he went from a second-round pick or late first-round pick in projections to – like you said, top fifteen, top ten, top five, de- depending on what publication you're looking at. That's a pretty steep climb in a very short amount of time.
3: It is like I don't. I honestly, I wasn't even looking for it preseason. You know what I mean? Like I didn't. I, I didn't go looking to see where they where they had him. I didn't think he was. I don't
0: think he was. Even,
3: I don't think he was even. I didn't see him being considered. You, you probably saw some things that I didn't see, but I. I didn't see him being considered even a draft pick before the season.
0: I do so keep my head on the swivel, Zach. I do keep my head on the swivel. Now, you know.
3: now maybe he got on the uh, maybe a little bit on the radar with what he did with Team USA, and, and people kind of saw his game a little bit. But uh, towards the end of that that tournament, he was barely playing. So, um, you know, he has taken just a huge jump. I, I thought he would take a jump from his freshman to sophomore year, but it's just been an absolute leap from role player, important role player, but to superstar. And it's just. I a guy taking this kind of lead just hasn't happened. Well, probably shouldn't uh, say because Frank was pretty good his junior year too, but it was towards the at the end of his junior yeah. year that he really took over. So, I mean, what Johnny's done is just uh, well, Zach, uh,
0: you know, insane. I think it was the Indiana game. I want to say the announcers were talking about everyone uh, that that you know Team USA team that went out and won. Uh, they all like. Elevated their games big, even the guys that weren't getting a lot of minutes, like a Johnny Davis. So, I mean, huge growing experience for the guys on Team USA, especially Johnny Davis. And everyone's talking about, you know, when it comes to the NBA, it's like we didn't we expected him to take a little bit of a jump, but nothing like this. So, you know, back to where you started this conversation, I don't think you can name a Badger that's been more important to their team, and I don't even know, couldn't even tell you how many decades. Like he's he's a juggernaut for the Badgers, and they lost against the Providence Friars. They almost lost to freaking, you know, Nichols State. And then you look at the Indiana victory, they don't do it without Johnny Davis.
2: Well, I think another thing that has to be said is the Wisconsin Badgers. Yeah, the Houston Cougars game. and They they haven't had a guy that's been projected for a big-time lottery pick like Johnny Davis. I know uh, Kaminsky and, and Decker were up there close, but no one really that was, like, coming out being, boom, this guy's a top-five well, guy.
3: Devin was. Devin Harris was. He uh, he was, I believe, the fifth pick,
2: and that was um, that was almost two decades ago now.
3: Right, I'm saying like the last twenty years. Yeah. He his so he would have been a freshman twenty years ago. Uh, Devin was he was a freshman on Bo's first team and ended up starting on that uh, on that team. Now like, he's listed as a point guard, but I don't, he wasn't actually the point guard. Um, but what he was able to do throughout his career, and, and Devin left early, it was after his junior year. Um, but Johnny, right now, compared to where Devin was when he was a sophomore. Johnny's ahead of him. Yeah, I would I, based on based on a 19 year uh, memory here, which isn't great. I'll be honest.
0: Yeah, it's better than uh, mine. I can um, I can remember 19 days ago.
3: He is a he is ahead of where Devin was. Now I think Devin was a better ball handler uh, and, and perhaps a a little bit a little bit more explosive, a little more quicker. But I mean, his game is I think further uh, developed than Devin's is. Was at the time, I should
0: say, Zach. Your game always fully developed, especially when it comes mm. to covering Wisconsin sports. Our sports director, Zach Halpern. So, Zach, changing gears a little bit. And if there is a team that gets scheduled, I love to have you on and talk about it. And I'm sure you know you'll be all over it per usual. But Wisconsin football was there a, a media day with the coaches yesterday, and is today the final media day for the players before they head off to Vegas?
3: So we got to we got this, no. Yesterday it was just Paul Chris. Okay. His, uh, yeah, and him delivering pearls of wisdom oh i appre- um,
0: i appreciate his press conferences and the opportunity for you to cover him
3: yeah me too um, <laughs> but yeah then today we get to talk with players again they leave for vegas on friday they are there for obviously for a week they play next friday no next thursday uh they play yep. arizona state next thursday uh but yeah they've been uh, starting to ramp up they've been bull practices last week and this week and then they'll hit the Hit the road on on Friday.
0: So Zach, Arizona State, um, n- a couple guys have already said that they're not going to be playing in the bowl game. Yes,
3: yeah, their leading rusher has already said he's not playing the bowl game. I believe their second leading rushers in the transfer portal. Um, they've had some other players say they're not going to play um, because of uh, getting ready for the NFL. So I'm not exactly sure who will all be on the field for Arizona State. Probably could be a little bit younger. Wisconsin, on the other hand. Um save for a couple injuries here or there, I think they're gonna have all like no one's no one's opting out uh of this game for Wisconsin. So I think that um they'll have an advantage and I think that they're I think they're a seven point favorite now and um uh, they should be they, they should win this game, but again, the last time we saw them was not overly impressive.
0: Yeah, that's
2: uh well at least this tough. this time off which they didn't make the Big Ten championship game after the loss to Minnesota, mm. so they're going to have roughly a full month of time to prepare and get healthy. Don't you think it's going to be a big benefit to the offense that Braylon Allen got a month off?
3: Yeah, and he said as much. He, I, for some reason, people took some offense or no, put took some issue with him
0: saying, "Zach, we're never offended here."
3: I, no, some people, uh, some less uh, snowflakes. Not, not, not you guys. Well, not your you guys. words.
0: Your words, not mine.
3: You guys, you guys are the toughest people known to man. Correct. Um, and, and never take offense to anything. Correct. And um, so these guys, yeah, so some people were like, well, he's happy he's getting time off, does he want to play in the Big Ten Championship. I mean, the kid had just been through his first year. There's, he's played uh, 18 games this year uh, of football through high school and college, and he's been the ball carrier in, a, in, a, in a, at least 10 of them, like the, the main ball carrier in at least 10 or 12 of them. So, yeah, he needed some time off. Uh, people were he, – he said up and like, he had numerous leg injuries. Uh, he had a full were, body
0: – I called it a full body injury.
3: He did, but he expanded last week. when We got a chance to talk with him. that He had ankles. He had thighs. He had hamstrings. Like, it was – every part of his legs uh, were hurting because people learned that you can't tackle him up high. And um, you shouldn't be tackling any running back up high, but especially him – and so they went after, they went after him. And uh, so, yeah, he needed some of that time off to, to get ready. And I think he'll – I don't know if he'll be at a 100 a 100%, but I think he's going to be a lot closer to, to what he was at the beginning of this run than he was uh, against Minnesota.
0: Question. Um, obviously 17 years old. Does he need a chaperone while in Vegas at 17? <laughs> That's
3: a good question. I don't know. Yeah, I, was I don't think he's going to be allowed in some of these places that uh, they're going to. I wonder. You know, maybe. Maybe, maybe his parent does have to come along. Um, I heard now that uh,
2: Matt Bernstein works for the UW, he was actually the one that volunteered to be the chaperone. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that would well, be... Ber- 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 Bernie does have some experience at bowl games, and uh, at least three of them didn't result in uh, a huge fight uh, with, with opposing fans. So he's got that going for
0: him. You know, there was a rapper in the early 2000s, Jay Kwan. he starts the song Tipsy saying, Yo, I got a fake id So maybe we can work on that for him. Uh, Zach, before... Well, Jayquan tipsy would... every morning in the club getting tips. You heard that? Yeah, yeah.
3: No, I, no, I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I
0: got a fake so, ID. that's how you start to some song. of
3: these. Some of these guys have pointed out that they just turned twenty one. Uh, Leo Chanel pointed that out. Was quite happy about that. Uh, while uh, some of the freshmen that I talked to, Hunter Waller being one of them, it's like, yeah, we can't go and can't be in the casino, which kind of sucks because we're only eighteen and nineteen. So maybe maybe you could help them out with uh, some of those fake IDs.
0: No, but I might know a guy, uh, Zach. Before okay. I let you go, um, you brought up the name, you know, Leo Chanel, um, undecided coming back, Fan Hicks as well. Any news? Are they going to be uh, jettisoning out of here, or uh, anything on that front? Or are they going to say it probably after the bowl game?
3: I mean, they both said that they'll decide after the bowl game. I feel like they probably have already decided. I mean, I don't know how much more information you need. They they were well, waiting for their. I oh, need an answer. Back. That's why I asked. They were they were waiting for their grades to come back from. Um, the advisory committee and the like, grades are either first round, second round or go back to school. I think obviously uh, Fayon wouldn't get that. He's going to be a six year guy, but uh, Leo would. <clears throat> and I think he's probably going to get a get back, go back to school grade, <clears throat> but I don't know if that's going to be enough to, to get him back. I'm leaning towards both of them leaving so that Wisconsin uh, in my mind, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Sure. So Wisconsin would have to replace essentially their entire linebacking core and their entire secondary. They'd be out. Um, seven guys, Uh or I should say, eight starters on defense would be gone if if those two decided to leave.
0: Man. Zach, you inspired me to play the uh, fabulous Thunderbirds the song "Tough Enough" because Rowdy and I indeed are tough enough, and so are you, Zach. Yeah. You're honorary. Yeah. You're honorary tough guy today.
3: All right, sweet. Can't wait. Can't wait to. <laughs> put I
0: mean, that what on you, on mean, a, you Can't wait? You have it right now.
3: The wait is over. Uh, no, no. I, I, but I can put it on a resume. I can put it on. Uh, yeah. On my Twitter profile. Like, I feel like, I mean, obviously, it's
0: gonna. 2021 fire. tough guy. Oh. Yeah, there honorary you go. Honorary tough guy. Ooh. Zach, are you going out to Vegas, by the way? Yes. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna put you, uh, I'll give you a nice little chunk of change to put it on red for me, okay? Will do. All right, see you, buddy. Later. There he is, honorary tough guy, Zach Halperin. Come on Twitter at Zach Halperin. Now, is he a real tough guy, Rowdy? I don't think so. Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and, yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BetUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. John Harbaugh was meeting with the media yesterday, as the NFL coaches do. You know, Matt LaFleur uh, talking how they're all locking everything down. Did you know the Packers are moving everything virtual? You can no longer be by the reporters. It's got to be all Zoom stuff. They don't want a COVID outbreak happening, which is, you know, going across the league, especially the Packers' next opponent, the Cleveland Browns, who lost yesterday, last night, to the Raiders. They now come on Christmas to play against the Packers. But let me ask you this. John Harbaugh, John Harbaugh. Um, it was talking about the failed two-point conversion. He said it was, uh, and I quote, a, uh, a told-you-so moment for analytics and skeptics, and it was a gut feeling that he wanted to do. So if you were down to your backup quarterback, that was Tyler Huntley, apparently John Harbaugh said that he went to Huntley and asked him if he wanted to go for two. Harbaugh said it was mostly gut, and he asked Huntley if that's what he wanted to do. If you're on your backup quarterback, Rowdy, and you're trailing uh by what? One point and there's forty some seconds left against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, and you're at home. Would you ask your backup quarterback what he wanted to do, or would you just have kicked the field
2: goal and gone to overtime or tried to go to overtime? Well, one, if you have a backup quarterback, you're the home team, you know, you probably just kicked the extra point, go to overtime and take your chances. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to fault him here at all. The, the thing that I, I'm going to say, which I said yesterday, is I knock Harbaugh for not going for it twice. The first time they got it, and then the last time they scored the touchdown. But I actually think this goes a long way for John Harbaugh and that Baltimore Ravens locker room by him asking his quarterbacks. Because, you know, they used to go for it quite a bit with Lamar Jackson whether it's for a two-point conversion or a fourth down, and he asked Lamar Jackson, hey, what do you want to do here? Yeah. And I think that actually goes a long way with the players in that a good locker thing. room. A good as, thing. as being a yeah good thing.
0: Because what's the thing we talk about a lot? Remember when Aaron Rodgers uh, and Matt LaFleur, Rodgers thought they were in four-down territory to go for it, and LaFleur decided to kick the field goal and they ended up losing to the Buccaneers? Exactly.
2: Like when he asked Lamar Jackson, hey, what do you want to do here? He's asking their best player, their quarterback, and their leader on leader of the team, What he thinks and if Lamar Jackson says I don't want to do this then he's punting it because he doesn't want the guy that's supposed to be the leader that's going to be touching the football not wanting to be out there again this is
0: a backup quarterback though
2: yeah but he's got to be the leader of your team in that game he was he's got to be your quarterback I mean he's got to step up and play and Tyler Huntley has played pretty well the game and a half that he played yeah so i I don't fault him at all and look at the baltimore ravens and john harbaugh's time he's won a super bowl and they've consistently been good and not only not only good they've consistently been a deep team too so you got to give the hats off to the gm but I, i don't fault him at all for asking the quarterback to go for it i only fault him for not going for it twice
0: yeah now when it happened i said to myself what the hell are they doing oh my god they're gonna try and win this game they're just putting the balls out there and see what happens Harbaugh did say he then asked Huntley and a group of veteran offensive players, including Andrews and running back Latavius Murray, for their thoughts. He said, we can kick this and go to overtime and we're in good shape, or we try to win it here and try to keep them out of field goal range. And they all said, the players said,
2: we support it, going for it. They did, and they failed. I don't but exactly hey, I like know how Latavius Murray got into that conversation being a guy that... He must have just been standing there. <laughs> would would technically in a healthy Baltimore Ravens team would technically be like the fifth running back not exactly sure how he got in the conversation but it makes sense why you would ask Mark Andrews he's probably your best offensive weapon at this point in Baltimore and uh, one of the better tight ends in the NFL yeah
0: uh, Paulie says why though it doesn't win the game if the you know you go to overtime Oh, uh, totally because the Rogers still had that 40 some seconds now have we seen Rogers do a lot with that amount of time or less of course on the road, though, Aaron Rodgers, I would still like them possibly getting to field goal range, but then it goes into the question, what can Mason Crosby do uh, with these uh, up-and-down special teams, that yeah. whole unit? So I'd, I'd give uh, Harbaugh a lot of credit for having the cojones to go out there and try and win that game. And thank him for, and was it Eric Stokes that kind of deflected the ball, for the defense kind of standing up when all game they kind of been getting gashed
2: by Tyler Huntley? It was... uh Darnell Savage, oh, Savage that slightly tipped it. Savage. And then Eric Stokes was the guy that took it off his shoulder pad. Yeah,
0: and Savage was having a a tough go. When it comes to analytics, though, Harbaugh kind of telling analytics to go kick rocks. You know, he's been known as more of an NFL risk taker amid the analytics revolution. And then you got Riverboat Ron as well, right? Now, Matt LaFleur has been falling into the analytic trap, which we just talked about when kicking the field goal against the Buccaneers when Rodgers thought it was four-down territory. Yeah, and
2: wasn't it like... Kicking the field goal gave him like roughly a two percent chance better of winning, yeah. according to analytics. Something like very minute.
0: What do you think of analytics, Rowdy, in this new revolution of analytics?
2: I mean, obviously they have their their place. I think analytics make a lot more sense in baseball. I think there is a point of analytics being in sports and in the games and figuring out rosters, players, and and situations. But I still would probably side with the Harbaugh's of the world where if it's like, hmm, I got a gut feeling here. I got to go Same. for it. Can you put a number on heart,
0: Rowdy, and the desire
2: to go for it? I like the uh,
0: side of the guys. Don't let a bunch of nerds with glasses and pocket well, protectors trying to tell you how to run a
2: game. Look at, look at analytics. Uh, I, oh, man, who was it? I think it was the Cleveland Browns that hired like a complete analytics team that was formerly in baseball. Oh yeah, and has that worked out for the Cleveland Browns? Uh,
0: the Browns right now, after losing last night, have a fifteen percent chance of making the playoffs.
2: But that, but I mean, just in general over the past, no. I don't remember. But when it's they also hired the Cleveland them. Browns. It was, it was at least a few years ago. Remember when they were going in that direction? I don't remember exactly when it was. We'd have to like Google it or let's find see here. Out.
0: The Browns are tied for the most amount of analytic staffers on their roster, and I'm doing a little deep dive here with the research department. But, yeah, let's see here. The team officially added – I'm going to butcher this guy's name – Udit Ranasaria as a football research analyst who is a noted uh, physics-based models that he uses on the passing game and player projections. This guy is uh, big time, never played football, and in the crunching of the ball.
2: Well, numbers. I remember that Cleveland just hired a bunch of uh, guys that were analytic baseball guys that were switching over to football. And this was probably four or five years ago, if I remember correctly. But it's four or five years ago. They haven't won anything. So here, here's a couple of
0: guys they hired. They
2: haven't even made the playoffs. That like, Ron
0: Asaria guy, I was just talking about, I'm, I guarantee I'm butchering his name. Uh, he joined the Brown, he was a software engineer at Microsoft. And he also was, let's see, your honorable mention of the 2021 Big Data Bowl for his group's paper on passing value, which he was responsible for developing pass completion model simulations using physics projections. They also hired another guy who spent a decade with naval intelligence and, con- and contributed to the U.S. Navy Academy's football program uh, while he studied there. He was big into physics as well. So you got these guys well, who just let do me models ask you a and graphs.
2: What? When you think of analytics and footballs and front offices and head coaches in the NFL, who do you think of for analytic coaches? Like, but what do you, like head coaches? In the yeah, league? that would use more analytics to make decisions. Like than, some of the new guys. Yeah, like like your younger guys, yeah, the young guys
0: on the block, the old guard. No way.
2: Well, like Mike McCarthy
0: definitely does not use analytics. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean. Matt LaFleur, I think, uses a, a, a good mix of both, So sometimes
2: like, probably to his fault more. Some of the guys that I'm thinking of that would be in that younger crop would be like the LaFleurs, the Sean McVeighs, probably Shanahan would yeah. fall in that category. Some of the younger head coaches that have just gotten to that head coaching spot in the last handful of years. totally, And they've kind of brought new offenses. They're part of the revolution new- of it. But uh, here's the thing.
0: Like Mike Zimmer, do you think that goes crushing analytics?
2: Last year's Super Bowl winner were Tom Brady and, and uh, Bruce Arians. Yeah. Does Bruce Arians strike you as an analytic guy?
0: He's a go-for-your-gut kind of guy, I feel like.
2: The year before that, it was Shanahan versus Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, and obviously Patrick Mahomes won. Mm-hmm. Does Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid strike you as a bunch of analytics guys? No. The year before that, it was Bill Belichick and Tom Brady.
0: Tam Brady.
2: They beat Sean McVay and the Rams. The analytic guys. Uh, does Bill Belichick strike you as an analytics guy?
0: No. They strike me as a guy that like will use certain tools to their advantage, but when it comes down to
2: it, they'll go gut. And here's the thing. We'll ask Ben. Was Peterson really an analytics guy?
0: I don't think he's listening.
2: He's not. But I would say no. And then it's back to Belichick.
0: Yeah, so those are all Super Bowl winners, yeah?
2: Yeah, that's your last five. So Bruce Arians,
0: I've just typed in Bruce Arians Analytics. This was last year. He went on an anti-analytics rant. Hopefully the nerds don't cancel well,
2: him. then I keep going. If you just keep going, 2016, it was Denver. That was Peyton Manning. That was the, the really good defense. They beat Cam Newton and Riverboat Ron. I don't think either of those teams would have been analytic teams at that point. The year before that, it was the Seahawks and the and the Patriots. <laughs> I mean, Bill again, Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's not an analytics guy. Either.
0: No, he's a guy that chews a lot of gum and
2: uses gut. Seahawks versus Broncos. Once once again, the year before that was John Harbaugh's championship where he beat his brother. I mean, you keep going back. I'm not seeing any analytics no. people. In the next... let me
0: let me read you a, a Bruce Arians quote here, quick. Who and I quote has no time for fancy nerd numbers. Quote, I've actually heard of guys calling plays using analytics, and I don't know how that works. I mean, run to the right, run a sweep, throw the ball. What the hell? I don't need a computer to tell me that. If you do, you're not a coach. I've got a, if you have to have a computer tell you to go for it on fourth and two, and you're getting your ass kicked, you ain't going to make it. The computer said, go for it because you're more likely to win the game. Bruce Aaron says, no, you're going to get your ass kicked because I don't have a math brain. For me, analytics comes into play sometimes, but dude is 6'5", 240, and he's smart and he can throw. He's probably going to be a good quarterback because I've seen it. They're named Peyton. They're named Tom. So if you use those as analytics, your bleep starts with an S, ends with a hit.
2: Yeah. I mean, just go look at the last decade. Oh, Ben's paying attention to Look at the last decade. These these are the head coaches that have been in the Super Bowls. It's ben, Mike McCarthy, Tomlin. Obviously, you had... uh Um, Belichick Belichick is in there multiple times you had Harbaugh you have both Harbaugh's you have Pete Carroll you have I mean and Bruce Arians who just says anti yeah yeah. Quinn uh, all these guys the only two that have really been in there that are more analytics guys is McVay and Shanahan and they both lost in the Super Bowl but Ben Doug Peterson Yes. Yeah, yeah just, we had to ask you. you. I don't think
5: you had So on. Doug Peterson was the one who kind of started it all. People no, we were saying for fourth downs crazily until uh, you, didn't, you didn't. Success.
0: You didn't have it on, but we were saying that they use them to their advantage in certain degrees, but when it comes down to it, those guys will say, we're going to use our gut instead of analytics.
5: It's, well, part, yes, of their, it's part of their repertoire. No, he, it, it's not that he, everything changed, but he introduced the idea that when you have a fourth and one, you're playing a great quarterback, and you're in the middle of the field, you should not punt it away because you have a better chance of winning if you go for it. It's not some you say Peterson idea, is an analytic guy? But
2: what? Are you saying Peterson is or isn't?
5: Oh, absolutely. That, like, that team was the team that really made other teams go for it on fourth down. Often. See,
2: that was what I was trying to ask you, but you weren't paying attention. That's fine. Well, I, it, I he was really prepping. prepping Bill's show. I didn't really know what Doug Peterson was. I didn't follow him that closely compared to all the other names that were easy to do. So I guess Doug would be
0: the outlier then? Well,
5: to all it
2: the was also coaches? the
5: organization. They were one of the first to invest in a department for that. And then the NFL, the rest of it is kind of... Adapted to that Eagles model that had success in their all own ways. Some go very far with it, like Brandon Staley and the Chargers. Some don't do it at all. It also depends on who. Like we saw, Bill Belichick against the Colts kick a field goal to make it a ten point game and didn't go for it on fourth down. That's also because he doesn't trust his quarterback. Right? There are also different factors. Well, that you got play Matt
0: Lafleur going with the field goal because he gave him a two percent advantage over Aaron Rodgers going for a fourth down, and they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
5: I don't really have a retort to that aside from it was a terrible decision. Yeah, because he used the analytics. Well, uh, sure. What do you mean, sure? That's what he said. No, like, I, well, I, I don't know whether you want me to defend analytics or not. No, you're, I'm you, just, you can I, do whatever, whatever you want to do. I'm just saying the context of it. I'm not going to... You don't have to defend or anything. You can do whatever you want to do. Yeah, no. It was a terrible decision by LaFleur.
0: Yeah, I'm just saying, I think what we're saying is you use it in your repertoire, your bag of tricks... But if you solely rely on it, you look like an idiot.
5: Well, I will say this. there, There is the, the whole anti-analytics jargon going out there because a couple teams failed in certain situations or on fourth down. That has gone a little too extreme as well. As is the case no, most agreed. times, yeah. somewhere in the middle is is the right place to be. But people are going nuts seeing the Chargers fail on fourth down or seeing the Ravens go for two and miss. They're saying, "Yeah, why don't why don't they just kick extra points and pump the ball?"
2: Well, that that's what I said when he asked me the question. I go, "I I think analytics have a a place in sports. I just don't think it's all analytics all the time. You got to have a little bit of both because, I mean, you look at some of these games. Exactly, John Harbaugh." a lot of times I think makes good decisions, but him not going for two twice is dumb. But at the same time,
5: well, his mistake was to not go for
2: two the first time. Yeah. That's, that, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Going yeah. for two twice, which
5: yeah. that's what analytics actually says to go for two the first time. Yeah. That's so what many, he said. He didn't yeah. use him.
2: That's, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Oh, Harbaugh should have went twice for two and it would have been smart analytics wise. But then when you come down for Matt LaFleur, Kicking a field goal because he had a two percent chance at the end, but Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback, and a touchdown is a much better thing in that situation. This all it doesn't make. This sense. all
0: stem Ben for me asking Rowdy of uh, John Harbaugh going to the media to say he went to his backup quarterback to ask if he wanted to go for to kick the field goal. And I said, "Would you go to a backup quarterback to ask a decision to run a football team?" As that's well, where that's well, where it started.
5: I, did you watch the video on the sideline? Yeah. They so, all, everyone was like, hell yeah. Yeah, he went to Huntley. He also went to Mark Andrews, who's one yeah, of the leaders. Yeah, Latavius Murray was there. Yeah, he went to their whole offense. I, I like it because Huntley was playing well. And Same. That's a, I, I mean, we're obviously all in agreement. You don't want Aaron Rodgers touching the ball. I'm I'm thrilled that Harbaugh did that. I think if just kicking it blindly is how you kind of eliminate chances like this from the game. Yeah,
0: we were all in agreement. It just took a way to get there.
5: Yeah. All right, we'll take a quick break. It tends to happen, but... Doug Peterson, the the revolutionizer of fourth down conversions.
2: You need Jonah Hill in sports, but you don't need him all over. That's true. In Moneyball, <laughs> that's very true. You also need Lou Brown in sports.
5: By the way, free, but you don't need him all over. <laughs> free Doug Peterson. He's got to go to Jacksonville.
0: Yeah, former Packer. There you go. Understand. Oh, the legend,
2: Brett Favre's backup. Yeah.
5: Of then course. he brings
2: on Urban as an associate head yeah. coach. <laughs> oh no!
0: We need we need Lou Brown's in the world. We need Jonah Hills in the world for Moneyball. You just don't need them littered everywhere. I did see this a little earlier. Sources tell Football Scoop Joe Rudolph is a strong candidate to join Virginia Tech, Va Tech.
5: Thank you for the update, Benjamin.
0: I don't know if you can hear me. Thanks for the update. Yeah. Is he going to be gone?
5: I don't know. I, I think part of it could be his agent wants him to get a raise. Because that's what we see across college football. Yeah, that's true. One coach throws out a strong candidate there, strong candidate there. Now give me more money.
2: Yeah. You know what's kind of funny? So who knows? When we think of uh, college coaches, I don't think of college coaches having agents. Yeah, neither do I.
5: Joe Rudolph might not have... I, I think he does. I think it, I
0: think if you're that level, you had an agent.
5: All of the big ones
2: do. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll say this, too. I don't even think of NFL coaches having agents, but I guess they yeah. Do. They
0: do. Yeah. If you don't, you're a dummy. <laughs> Unless yeah. Unless you're like, or oh, really smart, one or the other. No, that
5: whole Notre Dame extravaganza and, and USC and LSU, that was payday for every oh, yeah. like middling college coach. Oh, yeah. Because they say, all right, agent, put out a rumor there and then get me another mill a year.
2: Yeah. Uh, Mike Clemens is going to join us, talk
0: some Packers and coming. When I
2: think of an agent, I think of a few of them. Obviously, the the popular ones like. Show me the
0: money, Jerry Maguire.
2: No, like. <laughs> Like the Rosen houses in Nepal yeah. and the Paul and the cooks and bus. But then there is a part of my mind that goes and sees the rock from ballers. Oh, <laughs> he's <an agent>. uh, <laughs> I thought you were saying he's actually an agent. Yeah. No. Uh, all right. So we'll I talk to seen Ballers.
0: Good show. We'll talk to Mike Clemens uh, about the Packers coming in. But first Rowdy, you had said something uh, off air. And Wisconsin basketball is in a conundrum right now. They have uh, Morgan State was going to come to Madison Thursday. Now there's a COVID issues with Morgan State, so they're not going to make the trip. Wisconsin has an open spot. Hopefully they can find someone to fill. But you said, I think people are going
2: to lose their minds over this Badger take I have? Yeah, okay, so the Wisconsin Badger team, they're 9-2, and two, right? And 24th the, in the nation? They're ranked 24th in the nation. They've played pretty well this year. And overall, you look at the team – Uh, The only senior is Brad Davison, who is the fifth-year player. Now, granted, he's only there because of the COVID rule where he gets the extra year. But he's really the only guy that's been around. You have Tyler Wall, who's a third-year player. You have Johnny Davis, who's probably your third-most experienced player on the team. He's just a true sophomore. You, You have a lot of young, young guys that are 20 years old or younger. And that don't have more than a year experience playing at the college level. It's actually pretty wild. Now they did get a, a couple big transfers, obviously Vote and Neath coming over. That did have a little bit of experience, mm-hmm. but we knew exactly what those guys were. Yeah, Vote's been looking good and, for Big Ten play potentially, and Vote and has played. Quite well, and he I has. think exactly what they were hoping they could get out yeah. of him. He's getting a little better as he gets more time. A rebounder, rim yeah. protector, and maybe a bucket here and there. Big body in the Big Ten. But, yeah, I'm looking at this Badger team. They're 9-2. and two. They have a loss to Providence where their best player didn't play. But what was encouraging about that game is they were getting smoked in the first half. Yeah. They came back in the second half, lost a close game by five without their best player. Yep. They've beaten Texas A&M again in a game where they had to come back. They showed resilience. They beat a, a ranked Houston team that's a pretty damn good team that was, if I remember correctly, Nine, one game away 12? from going to the championship game. Yeah, they, they, were, were they were a four Final Four team yep. last year. They beat St. Mary's, which we know are, is always a pesky team. Yep. we beat They beat Georgia Tech, who's not a awful team. It
0: was their first true road game in like a year and a half.
2: Yeah. And they have some good players. Mm -hmm. You beat Marquette, which is an in-state rival and a team that they have some good wins this year and they have some good close losses. Really good wins this year. And then you tell me that they split in the big 10 games before new year's and they played indiana which was supposed to be a solid team this year and you lose to ohio state on the road where you just played complete terrible basketball but that's a, a ranked ohio state team that also beat duke who's a top five yeah, team totally. in the country and then to end the uh 2020 calendar you're probably going to to finish it with three wins nickel state, Whoever you can find as a replacement for Morgan State, who's probably going to be, yes, another small state school, and then Illinois State. You tell me that they'd be 11-2 and going into January, going to Purdue with uh, wins over Houston, Texas A&M, St. Mary's, Georgia Tech, Marquette, and Indiana. Yeah, all day. I'm taking that all day, and I'm telling you right now, so far through this first, what, month-plus of the season... This is the best job that Greg Gard has done since he got to Madison.
0: He's been crushing it, dude. His recruits, all his, crushing it now. Johnny Davis, the growth of him, and some resiliency, and some guys coming in from uh, transfers.
2: Like I look at Greg Gard's tenure right now in three different sections. The first one was coaching with Bo Ryan's players, and I still do think you were that, never a guard guy that Bo kind of tanked that first. Yeah, so half guard season the job. to get jar uh guard the job. Yeah. And then the, the team kind of started <clears throat> excuse me, team started playing better because they were used correctly. I think that I think that's more than just me that feel that way. That first uh I guess section of Greg Guard's tenure with Wisconsin, he won a lot of games with guys that were on the final four, right? Yep. He had the show Walters, he had the Nigel Hayes, he had the Bronson Koenigs, and they were good, but the roster was pretty good. The second phase is like your Brad Davison, your Demetric Trice. Your exactly those guys. Reavers. And there was a lot of talent there, but there was a lot of toxic.
0: Yeah, just didn't a lot of headbutting,
2: toxic attitudes where it was like,
0: like the, the players were soft someone, and babies. Yeah, Gardo was trying to ride them hard, too hard for you know. Got to read the room a little bit. It's it was like almost like
2: you had some people. It just didn't make sense. Like. You had the talent, but the attitudes were all over, yeah. and it just it wasn't, it it wasn't, just wasn't working. Yeah. And it was like, someone has to go, and normally the players don't go. Yeah. And then the third phase here, you get these young ki- kids in that want to play, that are good, have some stars behind them, and you have that one leader in Brad Davison. It seems like, and I'll say Johnny Davis has become a leader as well. Oh, yeah. This team seems like it's gelling. It seems like they're having fun again, and they like each other and it's a beautiful thing and they're winning now they're inexperienced and they're young so you're going to see games like ohio state but it's fun to see wisconsin basketball play this type of basketball again
0: i know that rowdy i said the same thing about this team it's fun last couple of years felt like a labor of love like it's like oh i have to watch the badgers tonight all right let's see what happens probably going to you know throw a bunch of hero threes up and brick it and they'll lose by like you know four points or something or don't cover
2: this year, you're like, damn, this team is fun. Oh, yeah, and you you win your two more little small school games before yep. you go 11-2, and two. and even if this team goes 500 in Big Ten play, that's still a 20-win team. Yeah, let's go. Hundley.
6: Pass is broken up. Packers make the play defensively. Stokes was there for Green Bay. And the Packers still lead by one. Darnell Savage got a hand on it. It looked like, yeah, I think he did, Joe. They're trying to body up Stokes with Andrews, and and it's the right idea. But but Savage comes across, and he gets just enough of it to throw off the trajectory of the ball. It was interesting at the snap. Savage is back, but they know the Ravens are looking for Andrews. I think
7: that's what this game's all about. Is just finding ways to win, and you know, any time you can consistently do that, I think it builds up that resilience. And see, It just builds up that mentality that, hey, no matter what happens, we're going to find a way. And I think our guys truly believe that, and we'll continue to, you know, hopefully that that holds true.
0: Found a way to win. Our habitual winner right here on the phone lines, our guy Mike Clemens. Good morning, Mike.
8: Good morning. I'm celebrating a little dry humor fun that I had during the game against the Ravens on Sunday night. Um, you remember last week against the Bears, at Lambeau? There was this one play where I saw Aaron Jones float out of the backfield off the tackle, and he gets between the corner and the safety in the left-hand side of the, near the north end zone. And I see Rodgers, who'd rolled to his right, suddenly look back, see him, and throw this beautiful little touch pass. And I thought, I have not seen that play in practice or in a game. That I want. It. And and then after the game, you know, you got Devontae saying. Yeah, there's that one play where, you know, Aaron's drawn this up in his hand. So I asked Rodgers about that play to Aaron Jones, and which we, you know, played on your show here. Yeah. And he said, you know, it reminded me of a time that Favre threw one to Amon Green, just floating out of the backfield. And I think it was 2005 against the Bills, yep. <laughs> you know. Yep. Yep. And so, you know, his answer kind of went national because people were looking it up like, come on, come on. <laughs> And I remember 2005 was when they had when Sherman had the joint practices with the Texans and sure enough in this preseason game and people put that clip out there on Twitter
0: yeah.
8: there he is right so um so Sunday against the Ravens then Aaron throws that ball to Aaron Jones for a touchdown and I said you know that reminded Aaron of uh on this day in Baltimore actually it did happen goes in the pregame notes <laughs> when Bart Starr Flipped one out to a Paul Horning here in that <laughs> north end zone for a touchdown pass. You know that that reminded Rodgers. Only on that day, of course, the winds were blowing in from the south.
0: Yeah, God. <laughs> so, it's got a, a, uh, a know, trap I, 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 of the
8: mind. You know, yeah, it's football humor. You got to laugh at some of this stuff. But anyway, we had a little bit of fun with it. But no, in Baltimore, man, they are still they're still questioning their head coach, and even though he's got a track record for this, like, what are you doing? You know, you had the momentum. Why don't you just kick the point after touchdown, send the game into overtime, take your chances. You know, Packers have got crummy special teams. You know, maybe you could have got the win. And instead, Darnell Savage makes that tremendous play, just gets his finger on that ball, but enough to change the rotation. And so, you know, it can't get to Mark Andrews' hands, who already had like 10 catches for the day. So Harbaugh, you know, getting all these questions on why he went for two, uh, and, you know, he had just done this a couple of weeks before against the Steelers when he had Lamar Jackson playing, and they lost that one, too. But why did he go for two instead of kick to send into overtime?
4: Yeah, I'm just going to try to get the win right there. You know, in, in overtime, I think our chances of winning right there were a little bit higher than in overtime, maybe, if you calculate it out. But I felt good about it. felt thought we had a good play. and. Uh, you know, again, they made a really good play. I got to give that safety a lot of credit for getting out there and tipping that ball. Tyler have multiple options on the play. I mean, it's all it was inside. designed for Mark with with routes coming up, coming back. I thought he threw it, through He made a good decision. He had a chance to get Mark, and the, I think that safety got out there and got a got a fingertip on it. Hey John, there will be much conversation about the decision to go for two, which you've explained on the opening possession. You went for a touchdown as opposed to kicking. Are these? numbers given to you, and how much of that do you then put your gut into what needs to be done? It's mostly gut. You know, the numbers are the numbers, but the numbers aren't perfect. I mean, I, I can tell you this. I've shot a lot of holes in the numbers and with the numbers guys. And, uh, and you know, the, there's, the numbers are never going to be perfect. They don't take everything into account, so you just make a decision. The numbers are part of it, but the numbers aren't the main decision.
0: Mike, it's like in Revenge of the Nerds when the Jack goes
8: nerd Yeah!
0: Yes, yeah. yeah, that's, that's John Harbaugh.
8: Nerds! Well, the thing is, fans are wondering what are these coaches thinking with? The, I mean, so much of them are going for it on fourth down. Uh, they're going for it on fourth down in their own territory, and it's early in the game. Uh, it just seems to go against everything you know you thought if you had been watching football for the last thirty years. But uh, you know, you wonder if if your head coach, of Matt Lafleur, what he's thinking, and he's he's going to do the same thing. I mean, he he may have that card on what the analytics say. But he's also come out and said, "Hey, I'm watching the game. I know where we can beat people. I, you know, there's momentum, uh, there's injuries, there's all those kinds of things. And if you think you see an opportunity, you're you're going to bound to go for it, even though the card may say not to." Now Tyler Huntley, uh, you know, impressive and I'm not surprised because I thought he'd look pretty good against the Browns the week before. Throws two touchdowns, scores two touchdowns to get them caught up in the fourth quarter. And he was asked, when did he learn that they were going to go for a two-point play at the end of the game?
6: Yeah, um, a two two drives before Coach Harbaugh
2: was like, we're going to score two touchdowns. And we got good faith that we're going to get that two-point conversion. And uh, that that last touchdown we score." So, it just didn't go as planned.
6: What did you what did
2: you see on that two point play? Did you feel like Mark had space for a moment? Yeah, he had, he had space for a moment. Uh, defense just did they just did a good job of um, just screwing down and and they just made a good play right there. I I'll be able to explain more when I watch the film, but yeah, they just they
4: made a good play. It's did good
2: you see Mark piece uh, on the back end
8: of that play at all? No, nah, I didn't.
0: You know, they made a sweat, Mike. I love the dramatics of it all. I'm glad the Packers were able to hang on, but Tyler Huntley was balling.
8: Yeah, yeah. And, and then LaFleur was asked the, you know, the same thing. Now, of course, you know, he thought Harbaugh was going to go for that because that's the kind of record that John Harbaugh's had with the Ravens, kind of a go-forward guy. And um, I, I thought it was interesting because you know, somebody asked LaFleur, if you were on the Ravens' sideline, what do you think should have happened?
7: If I were on that sideline, absolutely. I absolutely would have. And, you know, that's what I anticipated. That's what we anticipated as a coaching staff, that they were going to go for two if they were to score. I mean, we talked about it prior to, prior to them scoring, and sure enough, they did it. Uh, I thought there for a second when they took the timeout that maybe they were trying to burn our last timeout so we had no timeouts if they, if they were to kick it. I thought they might run their um, PAT field goal unit on on the field, but they didn't. And, you know, thankfully our defense found a key uh, key stop right there. I think Savage got a piece of that ball um, in that corner of the end zone, and he made a great play.
0: Now, he says he'd go for it, Mike, but I do remember an NFC Championship game when he decided to kick a field goal and not let Aaron Rodgers go for it.
8: That's right. Hmm. That's right, and that's why these questions are raised, because – you know, you haven't been in those kinds of crunch time situations, but you will be pretty soon. Hmm. And then there's special teams, oh, field God. position. You know, what drove me nuts? Did you see when Justin Tucker kicked that squib kick and they they sent it right to Jonathan Garvin, who's a <laughs> linebacker? See, that's a prepared team in special teams. That's when you say, all right, we've already looked at who they put back there on kick return. Who's the guy with the worst hands? This third-string linebacker over there. Kick the ball to him. Mm-hmm. See what happens. The Packers aren't even there. They're just trying to basically return the ball. They don't have any, they don't have any trick plays. They don't, have any, you know, they don't have anything schemed up. They're just trying to execute at this point. And then, you know, one question was, hey, you started out with Amari Rodgers, then Malik Taylor, then Patrick Taylor, the running back, He was back there in that ball that was bobbled by Garvin. And then Aaron Jones is returning at the end of the game, uh, and LaFleur explained why.
7: Uh, It was more or less um, situations of guys getting dinged up, and, you know, uh, I know Amari got dinged, and then he he was able to go back in. Um, We put Malik back there on, on kickoff return. He got dinged up, and so... It just at, at the one where Aaron Jones returned, we threw our hands team out there with four minutes left or four and some change when it was a one possession game. Um, you know that that's just part of that unit. So it wasn't. It was more or less um, because of guys getting nicked up.
0: Oh, then they say it's gonna be all hands on deck moving forward, Mike.
8: Well, you know they said that. Now they just signed another linebacker there that's from the Texans to the practice squad, but a guy who's. I've been in about 40 games on special teams, so they're always adding to that. I thought they saw, got Joan Winfrey in there because, as we talked about last week, one of the things they're missing on their special teams coverage is a guy with speed. Uh, they'll probably put a couple more starters in there from the defense. But then, you know, you've got these mental mistakes like Corey Bohorquez back there for a punt, and you get called for delay of game mm. with the punt team. Mm. And LaFleur was asked about what happened there.
7: Yeah, I mean, bottom line is we got to snap the ball. It was it was called for on um, uh, multiple times in, in that instance. We got to snap the ball.
0: Yeah, yeah, Mike. I think it's like you know when the, you're in your own head and the, you, you you know you don't want to mess up, but you can't. Like you're so in your own head that you end up messing up. That reminds me of the Packers special teams now.
8: Yeah, you know, and it, and the thing is. Instead of, you know, Crosby, uh, the veteran kicker, and Borquez is the punter, there's no other leaders. There's nobody that stands out mm-hmm. on the squad. There's not one guy who says, I want to be known as the special team's captain, you know, the gunner, the guy, the go-to guy. Um, now, on offense, you know, with uh, Robert Tunyon out for the season, you see him at practice in this little uh, scooter in a wheelchair. Hmm. And, um, and, you know, uh, other injuries that they've had. Uh, You've got, uh, you know, Randall Cobb out at least another six or seven weeks. They need somebody else to step up there and uh, to help out Devontae, who is sometimes triple-covered by the Ravens' defense. And one of those guys would be MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who was asked, can you believe that Aaron Rodgers is doing this, putting up 30 points a game, playing on that fractured
6: toe? had multiple games with multiple touchdowns and no picks. I don't really know too many guys that can do that consistently. You know, he doesn't turn the ball over, he makes throw after throw. Um that you're just like, how did he get that ball in there? Like the one he threw to me in two minute um, across the middle of the field. Just like how did that ball get through there? We're making steps in the right direction for sure. Um you know obviously we want to score on every possession. That's just you know our mindset. You know being able to score thirty plus points you know a consecutive game is kind of our, our goal. But you know it's still more out there for us and we're not definitely not playing up to you know our standard four quarters.
0: Yeah I know that tells. Us- fractured but my god rogers looks so good hell he's uh in some places the favorite to win the mvp you now
8: yeah um he was on his way to maybe throwing his fourth touchdown of the day and setting the new franchise record but he overthrew Lazard and he was kicking himself the good news is you know now he everybody the, the doors open for him to set the record at home on christmas day against the browns to surpass Favre. and you've seen those stats you've talked about that right I mean, oh yeah uh, how how much faster Aaron has gotten there than what it took Favre to get to that number. So we were at the Metro Dome when Favre got what was at 422 to set the new franchise record that ball he through to Greg Jennings. And then on NFL films, you see him run over to Aaron Rodgers and says, put her in the old vice, you know, to uh, <laughs> shake hands. Yep. So I asked Aaron, I said, Do you remember that moment? What are you going to remember about past 442, the touchdown to MVS? in the fourth quarter that tied far for most in franchise history?
6: There's, There's been, you know, so many great moments uh, on the field and, and big statistical milestones, uh, you know, the, the century-mark touchdowns. and This is just an old West Coast play that we ran. That I've been running for 17 years. And Matt and I talked about on the sidelines. It felt like the three-by-one set with Devontae backside was really going to give us an idea of what the cover was, And they were definitely shading that side. I gave a little adjustment to Joe on the play. But when I got the snap, all I was thinking was, man, I hope I hope Marquez wins. And he ran a great route, made a great hands catch. And I love my teammates. I really do. I mean, I care about them so much. I care about the redemption stories as much as anything for those guys. And a lot of them happen week to week. I feel like last week was an Allen bouncing back. And Alan and I have, have uh, you know, gotten close, especially this year. Um, Marquez, though, is a special human being. He really uh, has a great personality, and I could feel, you know, that confidence-wise, you know, he's been, you know, a little up and down. So, to be able to have him come out tonight and play the way he played and catch the record-tying touchdown. I think it was very apropos of you know football and, and the beauty and the redemption stories that happen every single week. So really happy for Marquez and uh, happy as well that you know I can hopefully break it uh, at home in front of our fans.
0: And what a Christmas gift it would be, Mike. Whoever catches that ball from Rogers, Merry Christmas right there. Better than Santa Claus could give him.
8: The best. Meanwhile, the Cleveland Browns, I mean, in August, a lot of people had them at the top of the tier of... The AFC may be the AFC representative, and, of course, they're struggling. They're trying to keep their playoff hopes alive. Injuries, COVID, they traded Odell. And then their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, he tests positive. They have over 20 players test positive. On a day yesterday, by the way, 47 new COVID cases in the NFL in one day, in one day. So it was a the special teams coordinator that had to uh, be the acting head coach last night, Mike Prefer, who, you know, they've got this lead, and then they let it slip away, and the Raiders kick a walk-off field goal and beat the Browns in Cleveland 16-14, to and Mike talked about this.
6: It's it's a credit to he and, and a lot of other guys who stepped up, you know, guys coming off the street and, and playing on special teams, guys that on practice squad were starting on defense. So, you know, to come out and play that hard under those circumstances. And, you know, I want to give credit to our coaching staff for getting that, those guys ready. I want to give credit to our personnel staff, Andrew and his staff. They did a phenomenal job of bringing in people off the street to to, to get ready to play.
0: Mike, it's the Cleveland Browns. They don't call it the factory of sadness for nothing. You know? <laughs>
8: no. No, just when they, they get a good running back, they get a good defensive end, they seem to have a level-headed coach, and the, you know, and something else happens. And then Nick Mullins, who had been a backup for the 49ers, they called him a couple of weeks ago. He happened to be on their practice squad, and now he's on hold saying, oh, man, Case Keenum's got it now too long with Baker. Can you play? And Nick was so excited after the game, he he kind of had a hard time with his words.
2: Um, really? Like after the first play, after the first drive, uh, it's like all right, here we go. You know, you just trust your prepra- trust your preparation, um, have your confidence that you're a, a really good football player, and uh, it was fun. You know, it would every any time you get an opportunity in the NFL, uh, very thankful for that, and just work as hard as you can, have fun with the guys, and uh, work for victory.
0: So, Mike Browns. Preparation is a big word. A b- 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 Mike Lambo Christmas. Are you going to be there?
8: Opening sure. presents absolutely
2: my man can we all just take a moment and remember the one time I think it was after Nick Mullen's first game where he flung it all around for the Niners they all compared him to Brett Favre yeah the next Brett Favre (laughs) yeah
8: yeah Yeah. you know he looked pretty good in that game that uh, or you know McCarthy's last season uh running the offense. that was when when you know uh, he was filling in and and Roger said was watching the Shanahan offense. Said, "Man, that'd be fun to run someday." <laughs>
4: but
8: hey, a year later, he got his wish. Yeah,
0: Mike. Well, we want you. Well, I suppose we'll talk before, um, or will we?
8: Yeah, I'll talk to you Thursday morning. Okay.
0: Yeah. So I'll I'll save the Merry Christmases for then. Okay, my friend.
8: Sounds good. All right,
0: Mike. We'll talk to you later, buddy. Good stuff as boy. always. Yeah, There is Mike Clemens. Check him out. Mike Clemens NFL on Twitter.
2: He's always team. Bringing. I just had to get that Mullins farve comparison. Well, yeah,
0: he came out gangbusters. Like yeah. this is the next Brett Favre. We both went to Southern Miss. Didn't, didn't Mullins break a bunch of Favre's records at South in Southern Miss? This guy's the next gunslinger, and now he's getting now called he's up on
2: the Browns practice squad. <laughs>